excuse me, Mark. It's, you know, just another ho-hum game for the Minnesota Vikings. Welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with uh, my pal Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, startribune.com. I'm Joe Oberly from vikingsterritory.com, a purple PTSD. And, you know, just another uh, Vikings pull out a, a victory out of their tails last minute uh, uh game they should have won handily earlier third quarter swoon fourth quarter scramble uh late game hold on like a like a, a leaf on a tree in a windstorm and then it's rinse and repeat you know that's that's their deal oh hum, mark what'd you think yeah it's it's becoming both a uh a badge of honor i think and also concerning for the future it's uh you know, I mean, they've weathered these. They're they're a lot more entertaining when it's a it's a as a person who's still working with deadlines involved. Uh, it's these are nice to watch it at noon as opposed to trying to change things around or hope that whoever's ahead stays ahead or whoever's behind stays behind. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they are doing things that um, that you need to do to win, and but they're also doing a lot of things that put you in danger of losing, and. You know, if I'm a Vikings fan, I, I you know, I enjoy it. I, I just, you know, it'd be fun to watch this and watch them come out and see how they can do it. There's a confidence about them. There's a, uh, there's a head coach that, uh, you know, I'm writing about tomorrow, kind of like how if, when the first mention of the situational masters, I believe was in March 2nd at the combine and when he hired Ryan Cordell, mm-hmm. they get, uh, and started talking about it. It's kind of like, you know, you had this eye roll. Well, He's doing everything he said he so far that he said he was going to do. Um, sort of like the Rams did everything last year. They we're going to go out, we're going to put this team together, we're going to win it in our backyard. Boom, they did it. Um, now the Vikings didn't come in saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they came in saying they're going to do a lot of this stuff and and bring things out of Kirk that you uh, that you can see. Uh, and I, I got a, a diet coke that's going all over my table here, frozen. Right. Uh, so uh, you know. I like it, uh, you know, but when you look at the fact that they're the two teams in the NFC that beat them handily are, you know, winning by blowouts and, and uh, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys, um, it's, it's, a, it's a concern. But, uh, heck, I mean, what, what's – it's a first-world problem in the NFL, you know, <laughs> to be complaining about 10-2 and two and you're not there the way you want it to be. Um, you, 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 you said earlier, you know, it's fun to watch. Uh, I – I'm sitting at home on Saturday night uh, having a few beers with my son who's going to watch the game with me on Sunday and then go back to Chicago. And we had a few beers and we had a few beers and at one o'clock we're heading to bed and all of a sudden my daughter calls and says, I got tickets to tomorrow's game and I'm too sick to go. Do you guys want them? Oh. And I was just drunk enough to say yes. And so we oh. went to the game. God. And yeah, the, the next morning I was regretting that decision because I was pretty hungover, but um I had a blast. I wrote about it for purple PTSD. It should be up on the site by the time you hear this. So go check it out. It was, it was a hell of a time. I mean, it, it, uh, I, it's my first time back in the stadium for, for three or four years since before COVID I hadn't been in there. And, and, uh, I forgot, uh, uh, what it was like. The, the, the ironic part was my seats were on the very last row on the top of the stadium. I was, uh, I was in Bob Euchre territory. So, but, you know, it was room to move around, and, man, I had fun. So they are fun to watch. They are entertaining. I actually thought when they got up 20-3 to three and it was heading 
going towards halftime, they kicked that field goal. And I thought, you know, I either want to see some more touchdowns and a huge explosion out of this, or else I want to see the game close. I wanted, I didn't want to come to the first game in how many years I wanted to see an event, Mark. I want to see a Vikings 2022 event. And I got one, you know, much to my chagrin. Cause yeah. Puke. Yeah. And then you watched them, you know, beat another uh, backup quarterback by one score. Right. Joe? <laughs> um, no, uh, to, to me, it was like, you know, uh, granted, like, you know, um, uh, Mike White, you know, played, played well, you know, I guess, if, you know, he's, he's his fifth start. He's been in the league for five years. The red zone, your uh, five points. You, you, you nailed yeah. it with your five points in the paper. He had trouble in yeah. the red zone. Well, yeah, he's, he's one of, he's one of six, they're one of six in the red zone, it, it, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, you can get yards again. I think that uh, if we dusted off your arm, you could probably throw for about 250 on the Vikings defense. Uh, they, they are, they are, they are a team that you're going to throw, you're going to find whenever, whenever the quarterback stands up the entire game, pr pretty much the entire game, he's going to be able to throw for yards on this, on this defense. Um, so, but, but what he did is he made, you know, I, where I felt they lost the game was a uh, uh, third, third down. He, he he completed six of eight passes on third down. When it was third and seven or longer, yep. but not one of them was a conversion. It was cont a continual short, you know, throwing maybe like the Vikings of last year. I don't know, but just throwing short of the sticks, kicking a field goal. They got a great field goal. They got a great place kicker, and they just kept yep. chipping away and chipping. At one point, I was joking. I said, you know, if it, in eight more quarters the Jets are going to catch them, you know, they're going to eventually catch them with field goals. And, uh, you know, and it, they just started, you know, getting within uh, within range. But, you know, there just was such a, um, a give up for them, especially when you're getting pretty good protection, such a give up on third down for them uh, that uh, that really helped the Vikings, I thought. But, uh, you know, the Vikings, they get the turnovers. They get, um, you know, Jefferson has a quiet game, but he has a great, you know, 10-yard touchdown a move. That route was fantastic and at, was. at a point where – they needed that touchdown. They couldn't have kicked the field goal there and won. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you about that. What, you know, I want to talk about the defense. I think you really got to hand it to them uh, for this victory with those two goal line stands in the last two minutes. Plus, they almost had a third one before that. Or not two, but you know, two stops down there in the red zone. And then they 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 almost had uh, Mike Wade stopped at the the goal line previous to that, um, but they did give up 486 yards. What is this a defensive strategy where you're going to open up the field, let no. them catch it in front of you, keep backing up. He got the, 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 the field shrinks and then they don't have any room to make these, these plays in front of you anymore. And suddenly there you, you, you can't back up any further. Then you start stopping. I, I don't understand why, why we're seeing this same thing week after week. Well, it's, you know, there's no defensive strategy that, that allows for a 60 yard, pass or a 48 yard run or um you know what 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 we're seeing what you're seeing is is a team that 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 wants to have a four-man rush and and cover with the rest in the back and the four-man rush isn't getting there consistently enough and you're seeing a uh you know whenever the rush isn't good enough and the and the uh, secondary's got uh you know they're they're cycling through uh cornerbacks that are rookies and guys that they got off the street and stuff like that, you know, you're going to see plays being made by the other team. Uh, so yeah, it's, the rush has to be better. It's got to be better. Uh, 
is when they if they end up playing Philadelphia again, they end up playing Dallas again, uh, especially if it's it's at their place. You know, they, they've got to find a way to, to be a better pass rushing team consistently. We're talking about the Jets game today, so stay away from Philly and Dallas just for a few minutes, Mister Wet Blanket. Now I do something. Wet Blanket. I already got you. I already got him in the NFC Championship game. You're you're talking about Week 13. Um, yeah. I, I you know, what about those? Uh, you know, I mean, these, this team bends bends like uh, Gumby does, and you know, but and 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 they had, I mean, five field goals. And one of them was a 60-yarder for crying out loud. But five field goals, they stopped them, to, to held them to. And then they had a couple of those bad plays late that, that got them in position down there. But this defense stiffens up. This defense makes the plays. Now, granted, yes, backup quarterback, not that much experience, his fifth start, fine. But you're still making plays out there. And that guy was making some really good passes earlier in the game. You know, he he, he did a nice job out there. So, you got to take your hat off. There's something, something here to, to keep doing it week after week like this, and you know, making the plays when you need to. There's got to be something to it. Can't just be it. There's luck. Then dropping the ball at the end of the game is luck. I admit it. I put it in. I put it in here, Mark. I hope you read it. I admit they got, they got lucky, but they're also they're also making plays and stopping teams and and winning ball games. The Jets are uh, the yeah. other had the most yeah i mean the i mean wins. the jets the jets dropped the, you know they dropped the ball there but that's also uh um hicks is hicks is there i i you know he he affected that play whether he got a hand on or he hit him you know um it's just each nfl game is just what it is it's it it unfolds and it, there's not it, this, this they've been playing football for 103 years and it's never never been one game that's unfolded the same as as any other so um you know they are. It's it's pretty consistent in how you know the great great start third quarter third quarter lull, uh, but yeah they are they're making plays and um, you know you just can't always rely on on, on no. taking the ball away. Not especially whenever you get to the you get to the playoffs get to the better uh, to some of the better teams again. Um, but man, it's. Uh, like I said it's a, it's a first world problem. So it's with a differential of plus ten points, a scoring differential. That's that's the only only ten and two team in the history of the league that's ever had that small of a differential in points. It's just that's crazy to think about. It's nuts. Yeah, and to me, it's you know I don't look at that as is like the you know I don't consider them like the worst. You know, a ten and two team, a ten and two team, and uh, you know. You get there the way they got there. To me, it's uh, like I said. It's it, it sort of feels like a badge of honor that hey, we can do this. We 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 got the confidence to to play this way and to win this way. Whereas you know, last year was the you know, granted there were some circum there was there were some problems last year with the injuries. Everson Everson Griffin leaving the team. Yeah. Um, you know, they were left with a little, but little less in the on the cupboard, but. You know, when they got into these games, the complete opposite stuff was happening. So, right. um, yeah. you know, enjoy it as opposed to last year when it was, you know, every every week we were talking about the complete opposite. I, I figured out what to do here. I, I need to rip them a little, and then you'll start defending them. So that that's a perfect way to go. You'll that's, that's how we used to handle Norv Turner. If you ever wanted Norv to say something bad, he'd say something good. If you wanted to say something good, he'd say something <laughs> bad. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, guys, why don't you try that? But no, what we what what I talked about last year, and it wasn't defending the defense. It was just kind of like putting the complimentary football together. Yeah. Had they lost that game, okay? Had they lost that game? Had that guy caught the touchdown? And then and people would have piled on the defense. We'd be talking about the defense and oh my god, I probably would have been looking because you know we got so many people at the game. You know my angle has to be different than other people's. So I probably would have been saying, hey, the offense, the last two series, last two possessions that they had, they had six plays and they went five yards and and handed the ball. I mean the Vikings had this emotional great stand at the goal yep. line. The Vikings get the ball back and it's like you blink. Kirk Cousins is coming off the field. You know, it's like, how many times did we see that last year? Well, this time the defense, came, the defense overcame it again. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of warts there. But if you, if you win, they get uh, they get glossed over. Hey, believe me, I was from the top row. I don't think he could hear me, but I was screaming at Kirk, you need to get a first down. You know, oh, I think I heard that. Okay, that's good. You know, yeah, there when the, the pandemic – I was even higher. 2020, than, yeah, yeah. I was even higher. You could hear everything, yeah. If you'd have been there on the, the 2020, we could have heard you. We, that's when we could heard Justin Jefferson yelling at Kirk and Aaron Rodgers basically laughing at the defense as they were jumping off. All right, all right. Those that's, that's old news, Mark. You're not old news. The script. Uh, you know, yeah. I I was even sitting above the press box yesterday, which was really bad. Um, it, Going down the line a little bit here, it, it was good to have Dalvin Tomlinson back to, with this running game. And other than that big, I think, 48-yarder, you said they, they, they did well against the run. You know, they didn't do so good against the pass. But I think I think that helped. Do you, do you agree having his presence back in the middle helped, helped him with the run? Yeah, and I think he had two quarterback hits too. So he's, he's, much, he's a better presence in, inside. Uh, uh, Harrison Harrison Phillips, I think, had a uh, second and goal at the 16, had a, had a nice pressure. Uh, so, yeah, they, they did some things, uh, but it's just they need more of a pass rush. They just yeah. need, um, you know, Zedarius is kind of, I mean, Zedarius had a, a pressure and he also batted a pass down on third and seven. So he didn't have a bad game, but he's not, you know, you need him to, especially when he's given the freedom now to kind of walk around and see where, you know, where where he fits. Uh, he's got to he's got to start getting home a little more uh, and being that player. You know, I I think you mentioned in the notes of that maybe maybe his knee is not the best. Uh, I sort of wonder myself whether uh, he's 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, similar with Hunter. I, you know, he he had he had a, he had a, a big pass breakup at the end. And I think uh, he had uh, he didn't have a sack, but he had maybe a, a, another pressure. But he's just not getting home the way we remember him before he started with his injury uh, train. He is is he the same ball player that he used to be? You think? Yeah, I think he's. A, well, I mean, you know, he he did have two significant injuries in two years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's still an elite player. I think it's a defense. It's his first year in a new defense. Uh, as I think one of the big one of the issues. Let's let's see what he's doing, uh, you know, next year or, or later on this year. Yeah, there's he's had some he's had his moments. There's also times where, and I wrote about it, uh, was, you know, that there, there's a 31 yard pass to the tight end, and and Daniel Hunter is somewhere in no man's land between halfway between uh, you know the line of scrimmage and the and the tight end. His duty is I don't think it's one on one coverage of the tight end, but it's like yeah. some sort of zone where he's bet, and it's like. I, you know, Ed Donatello could come on the show here or he could sit, we could sit down and talk and I'd be like, Ed, 
I don't get it. I, I, I'll never get that. I'll never get that philosophy. I'll never get that. Um, you know, I just, Daniel's Hunter, Daniel Hunter's job is to be up there, find a way, you know, run a stunt or, you know, he doesn't have to be there lined up like, like at right end, every single play like Jared Allen was for right. 14 years, you, you know, but do he's got to be up there rushing the passer and doing something up there, not back where he was on that 31 yard pass. I totally agree with you, but didn't they do that with Zimmer and, and Everson Griffin too? They had him dropping is, is that just trying to disguise your, your, your blitzes and such or your rushes? Well, yeah, that they've been, you know, that's been a way that defenses have, have kind of you know, tried to, to be, um, you know, let less predictable. I mean, it, it evolves and fires own blitz and all this stuff. Uh, Everson Griffin had actually probably could have played linebacker. In fact, he, he might've ended up at a linebacker for uh, Mike Singletary was the linebackers coach and Mike Singletary was probably the definitely top two or three uh, middle linebackers in history. And, but he was, a wasn't a very good position coach. <laughs> um, Cause he just couldn't work with Everson because Everson was playing linebacker that one year. And, um, uh, off the point, but I'm just saying that, you know, I, I just don't think Daniel, I don't like, I don't like those guys back there at all. I like the edge rushers and the guys rushing the pass. I'm with you. What, what about the secondary? I thought there were some big plays made in the secondary for sure. I mean, the uh, Cam Bynum, you know, ices the game with his, his, his interception and they had the interception early by Harrison Smith after a, a, a bobble and, or I should say a bounce and a bobble, what have you. Um, they have, I thought Duke Shelley, who came in for the injury to Caleb Evans, who's now going to go into the, who is in the concussion protocol again and, and out for this coming week. I thought he had some really big plays. He, he had a bad, uh, penalty late, but he probably needed to make it, but you know, they're just kind of holding it together. Um, uh, what did you think of the secondary in, in Sunday's game? Well, I think that, you know, I think, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson and, uh, Harrison Smith are playing at a pro bowl to all pro level. Uh, I think the others are who they are. I mean, Duke Shelley, um, for where, how they got him, how he's acquired and, and look at his resume has been a pretty good, a pretty good player. He, he comes in in overtime in the one game earlier this year and makes a great pass yeah. defense on the tight end. Uh, I mean, if he, if that's the only play he makes all year, it's like, Hey, we got, we got our money's worth out of Duke yeah. Shelley. Now they might need him to play more. They're hoping to get Cam Dan- Cam Dancer back this year. Uh, who'd have thought that last year when Cam Cam Dancer gives up that touchdown, where he's backpedaling into the end zone to lose to the winless Detroit Lions? That now you're like a. They hope Cam Dancer can come back. Uh, otherwise, Duke Shelley's starting. So, uh, and the Lions, you know, Lions have the uh, the, the best passing uh, top ranked passing attack in the league, and they're. Wonderful. Uh, up up there in scoring, and they, they got a lot of confidence. They've won three or four. So is, is Duke Shelley, you know, I mean, he, he has week to week made plays. I mean, he's he's gotten beat a couple times, which have hurt, but sure. really he's been good. Is is this I mean, all of a sudden he's there and they pick him up and they utilize him, and like you say, he's making you know plays enough plays that they've got their money's worth, but is it because of, of the system that suddenly he's kind of flourishing a little bit here and that before he wasn't somewhere else in which made him available is, is well, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, he's still, he's still young. So he's kind of, you know, he's in Chicago and, you know, there's a coaching change in Chicago. And so uh, it's not like he's a, been a he's like a, this long time, terrible okay. player. He's, yep. he's a, he's a young player that needs to kind of latch on somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you're kind of getting what, 
I mean, they, they have, uh, it's like one play here or there. And we're talking about, we're, we're ripping them where we're talking about the defense is terrible and the offense couldn't hold the ball and all this stuff. Well, you know, because they're making some plays that they didn't make last year, one or two here or there, um, it's totally different. So they need, they have things that they have to do better on defense, a lot of things to do better. Um, but, as, you know, they've been able to make these plays and gloss over it. I'm going to tee up one here before we go to break. So, uh, Mark, can the Vikings win playoff games with this defense? Well, I mean, it's hard to picture them like beating Philadelphia in Philadelphia with this defense. Uh, but in saying that, how do you predict intercept? How do you predict turnovers? Uh, when they when they went to Philadelphia in 2017, Case Keenum had had a horseshoe up his rear end the entire year, and I believe didn't he throw in a, a pick six early in the game? Or well, they they got a seven seven zero lead, and then the Philly scored thirty eight points. So. Well, yeah, I remember that part, but I, I know that it was like, it's like, how do you, uh, you know, you, you know, it's he did throw, like, he did throw like to me, to me, uh, the per the first interception is a perfect example of, you know, uh, Cam Bynum arrived early and hit the hit the receiver early, you know that if that's a flag, yeah. yep. it's it's uh, it could be seven nothing, uh, Jets, but you know he hits him early, the ball goes up in the air, Harrison Smith grabs it. And then the offense does get, gets one yard. They, I, I was joking. I said they, the, the, they're 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 so lucky that they're three and outs end with field goals. So, um, you know, it's a different. It's 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 just kind of like that's that's what makes the that's what makes the game so great. But yeah, uh, they would have to have a lot, have to have a lot of turnovers to win uh, with this defense the way it is right now in the playoffs. I questioned that uh, call too. I can't. I, I was. I thought Bynum was there early, but you know, I didn't complain when right. I didn't call. You know, what are you going to do? Um, all right. Well, on that note, we'll take a break and see if we can find something for Mark to keep, be positive about. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, see if we can. That might, might take some while. But um, uh, check it out. Check out the uh, uh, what we got for you on the break. And then come on back and we'll talk more on Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Welcome back, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Podcast with myself and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, okay, I, I put it in print. I wrote it. I said it. I'm going to say it now. The Vikings got lucky. I, I fully admit it. The penalties went in their favor. The Jets dropped passes at the worst times, but they still beat a good team. That's 10 and 12. Are they luckier? Are they luckier than they are good, or are they better than they're lucky? Uh, they're better than they are lucky. I mean, they're 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 a good team. I mean, they're they're not. This is not a bad team. That's like just you know, finding, you know, like a blind squirrel finding, I mean, they, they are times where they get breaks. Yeah. There's also times where they go out and they grab, you know, I'm sort of writing about this for tomorrow. You know, they go out and they seize opportunities. I, I think the, uh, and uh, O'Connell talked a little bit about it yesterday was a good example. It's kind of like, it's not a, it wasn't a big moment in the game, but it was a subtle enough moment of where like the first, the fourth down that they went for, uh, fourth and two at, at midfield on mm -hmm. their first, uh, first possession or second possession, I think it was. Um, you know, it's it, they, they throw the ball to KJ, you know, and KJ Osborne. We can't say enough about this guy. We keep talking, right. keep talking about him. It doesn't matter what his numbers are. He he makes those. You know, he, he had two catches for seventeen yards, and nobody's gonna be talking about KJ. But one of them's a fourth down conversion. Yep. And the other is a third down conversion. It's like, you know, I don't care what his numbers are. He's a very, very good third receiver. So, you know, O'Connell, 
one thing we're finding out about him is, you know, his mind moves very quickly and very decisively. And, um, and he knows when to, he has a good feel for when to like, you know, grab something as opposed to having it be handed to him. So he's, he's creating a lot of these situations and the, and the players have the confidence in him uh, that they're, it's, it's, it's kind of trickled down to them and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're making things happen as well. Uh, are they, uh, are they the best team in the league? No, I, but they're, I got them. I mean, they're top five, I think. Um, well, l- let me ask you something um, that you kind of touched and you mentioned in the first segment. Um, now let's bring up uh, KOC, you know, situational mastering the situation, situational mastering, whatever it is, isn't that basically happy horse bleep it? You know, I mean, you can say all you want. We have to ma- be technical. I, I don't even know what the phrase is, but I mean, yeah, I heard people talking about it on the radio. Some of the players saying, you know, that's that's why they're making stops at the end of games because they're going to master the last two minutes, which which is the complete opposite of what they did last year. You can't just say that and it happens, doesn't there have to be something behind that? Well, no. What 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 they do is they they um, you know, and granted, they're not reinventing the wheel, but they but everyone talks about that. Then you look at situations like what's going on out in Denver. I mean, Denver, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Nate Hackett is, is with the Packers. He's, he's there. He's through two Aaron Rodgers wins back-to-back MVPs. Right. Uh, they, they go to two NFC championship games. He is the, one of the hottest, uh, uh, coordinators in the league. He goes out to Denver and he's given, you know, the Rams way, you know, like the Rams went out and got Stafford and they win a Super Bowl. Well, the Denver was going to just get Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson and Hackett were going to come together. They were going to win it all. And it's a disaster. Wilson looks like he's washed up. Hackett might get fired after one year. So, and, and, and at some point his, his situ his mastery of the situations were so bad, was so bad that they he hired somebody and they actually right. thought it was embarrassing for him to, to like, you know, everybody's complaining about it. So then he went and hired someone and made an announcement of how they hired this guy's going to help him and all this. Um, so they're a disaster when it comes to situations. Uh, the Vikings, uh, you know, again, when they started saying it at the beginning, it was kind of like a rye, you roll your eye, but whatever they're doing, it's working. I mean, we saw it, um, you know, some examples. You saw it um, in, against Detroit when, uh, they throw those two back-to-back passes to KJ whenever a field goal would tie it. You know, there's no conservative. I mean, he went for the throat with a with a third string or third number three receiver, and they score a touchdown and they beat him by four. Uh, then they get to Washington. I I think he outcoached uh, um, uh, Rivera. Rivera, uh, you know, in the in the final two minutes, you know, and, and he takes he takes a field goal off the off the scoreboard. Decides to run three more give up plays where Dalvin like falls down for a two yard loss, two yard loss, and Kirk backs up and falls down for a four yard loss. It forces Rivera to take his last time out, brings the game down to 16 seconds, and they kick the field goal again. And this is a kicker that was having problems with, with extra points. So yeah. uh, I think that he's got a good grasp of 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 what I mean. 
it seems simple when we're, you know, we all talk about it on Monday or Tuesday. Oh, they should have done this. I should have yeah, done that. Yeah. A lot of times it's 25 seconds to, to figure out what you need to do. Right. And if you're not, they're prepared for it. What they do is they look, they look at every football game there is and, uh, and, and things that happen in games and they kind of use it as a film study. And, um, you know, you see it, I think it helps in situations like where Cam Dantzler strips that ball at the end of the, was it the right. Lions game. Yeah, and you know, yeah. a lot of times guys, you know, you know, we're all saying get down, but sometimes they don't. They take off and they they lose the ball. Right. Uh, he he knew he immediately knew to get down, and so I don't know. It's it's simple stuff, but it's not simple, always simple to execute. You know, he uh, KOC likes to say that he he does he gives up his uh, timeouts grudgingly because he likes to use them, likes to maneuver with them in the last two minutes of the of each half. I think uh, he's not perfect though, because I think he he called one um, at, at before the first half ended. I rewatched the game this morning, and it, and it helped uh, the Jets move down and get that that field goal that put him at uh, twenty to six right before half. And I I think uh, um, it was it's it it's I don't know it's I, it's not foolproof, but I think generally he's doing pretty damn good. With, well, no, yeah, he's, 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 he looks better at it and more comfortable with it than Zimmer did last year. And nothing against Zimmer might not have been his strong suit or whatever, but Kale, like I think you 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 nail it. He looks uh, decisive and uh, quick read and 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 making his decisions and going with it. He probably somewhere along the line he thinks you know you know be aggressive and if I get burned, okay, I'll, I'd rather be getting burned by being aggressive and and making a decision and. And taking it to him, then sitting back and letting something happen, you know, maybe. I and I also, I also like the fact that uh, um, there's there's also a, a touch of gut instinct with him as well, and he's not afraid to go against the analytics guys when they were they were they were coming out and they were scoring, you know, they had, uh, scripting those first drives and they were scoring eighty yard, seventy five yard touchdowns every single time they, they step on the field. They won the toss one one games. And he took the ball. And then I remember I writing about that. It's like, you know, um, and he's kind of laughed and said, you know, the analytics people don't like that, but I just feel you, I feel you can, you can set the tone with your offense as well as you can your defense. So, and I, I like that. I mean, that's kind of like a guy that's new school, but he's like, Hey, you know, I'm going with what, what I feel is uh, current and then what we can do. Yeah. So good on him. I hope he continues. Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk about Kirk. Kirk got blasted yesterday by the Jets front. Uh, he got blasted big time. I suspect we might see him on the injury report this week because watching a back, I mean, I was in the top row, as they said, so you can't really see Kirk grimacing up there. But when I watched the game back, oh, my goodness, he took some hits. And he hung in there. He was he had as an up-and-down game as he's ever had this year. He threw some bad passes early. I think it was it was 12 minutes gone in the first quarter before he ever completed his first pass. Um he was uh, he missed guys wide open guys. He had a shot to Hawkinson where he had the he had a uh, a linebacker beat downfield. He could have gone he could have gone to the house um, and he woefully overthrew him. He he was uh, throwing behind Jefferson. He was throwing uh, out in front of uh, KJ who had to dive and didn't get a, a big first down. Um, but then he made some he made some great throws. He drew he he threw some dimes that they really needed. He hung in there knowing he was going to get hit and made passes downfield. So it, it's a different Kirk Cousins this year. He has hung in in the past and he has had been up and down in the past. But I think he's 
feeling this 10 and two record and he is going to sit in there and take some shots and maybe not, you know, lose faith that he misses a ball here and there and he's going to live. I, I don't know. I, 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 I love that pass to Jefferson. It was, it was, it was something else. It was a great read because he looked left and went back. Right. But there I've said it. So what do you think? What was Kirk? how did you see Kirk's day on Sunday? Well, I mean, Kirk was, you know, he started off awful. He was, a. Uh, you know, uh, three of the four balls that uh, he threw to Jefferson were uncatchable. The fourth one, Jefferson dropped, you know, which was like, wow, you know, you don't see that very often. Him right. dropping it like, as running against the zone where the linebackers trump up and, uh, and carry him through the zone. And it's like, you know, that could have been a touchdown or good with, with the way he runs. Um, you know, people, you know, you'll argue about is Kirk, Kirk having a better year last year? or Did he have a better year last year or this year? The numbers probably say that these other years where he was eight and nine, you know, where where he was better statistically and all this, but I, I just throw the numbers out and I, I say he's having his best year because he's it, his best year because he's he's what this team. There's certain times where he's he's not what this team needs and he hurts them, but there's times where uh, he's he's there's more times where you're like, okay, this is a leader. This is how this is how you win win playing football. Um, when he took off on and for that 11-yard run and lowers his helmet, now Kirk, Kirk might have been the one to get flagged for helmet to helmet on that play. Right. Uh, that that's a great yeah, it's a great play. I, I wouldn't want him to do it all the time. <laughs> if I was uh, you know if I'm standing there next to Nick Mullins, I'd be like ah Kirk, uh, let's <laughs> let's tone that down a little. He's tough dude um, though. He's tough. Back yeah, there. he is a tough dude. Uh, and and he was yeah he was for it's so strange to see him miss throws as bad as he as he does sometimes because of how accurate he really is. Uh, there was one play, uh, the Rieger play, where it was like a 30-yard, 30 38-yard throw mm-hmm. to Rieger. You know, Jefferson's standing probably 20 yards downfield wide open. Like, right, yeah. And not, not he wasn't going like this, but, I mean, it's like I, I assumed – because my job was – I was just watching uh, how they were covering Jefferson, what Jefferson was doing the entire game. So I'm like, wow, they're going to hit Jefferson – but Rieger is uh, is probably a little he's a little more covered, and he's maybe ten yards behind Jefferson, and Kirk fires it into Rieger, and Rieger catches it. So uh, there were a lot of really good moments for Kirk, and you know the fact that he's, I think this is you know Zimmer would always say, I, I would ask there what does Kirk have to do? He was he has to win, you know, and I think that we're seeing I'm seeing kind of what Zimmer's talking about. It's great point. You know, it's 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 maybe it's it's more. It's hard to put into words what it means, but it's taking chances when you need to take chances. It's, it's if you start zero and five, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of throwing the ball to to Rieger instead of Jefferson. You know, just you know, be more into the game, I guess, as opposed to being a robotic. You know, I'm gonna throw it here, and if this isn't taken, I'm gonna go over here. You know, and 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 O'Connell has talked about how he's he has avoided some sacks. Um, it's yeah. kept him out of negative yardage. So, you know, he probably could have been sacked a lot more. Uh, we got to talk about JJ. That guy looked, you know, you mentioned it, uncatchable balls. He, he made a couple grabs that looked like he was Spider-Man. He just stuck his glove out there and pulled him back in or whatever. And and uh, um, he got he got popped several times himself because he's hanging in there taking, getting blasted and, and, and hanging on to the ball. But I know that you wrote a, a really good piece for the Tribune yes, on, on a Monday morning following the game about, uh, like you just said, you followed him to see how they were going to cover him. And uh, it was I, – I, I found this interesting. This is more minutia maybe for, for a reporter guy. But I saw the quote from Reed 
uh, late at night and, uh, and, and Jefferson's response. And you can talk about that. And then you had it in the paper for the next one. Did, did you, when you were writing it, were you writing late and saw that thing come out or, or I, well, uh, no, I, I mean, Jefferson's response, I mean, yeah, here's where it helps to have a little more uh, social media savvy, uh, Andrew Kramer, okay, yeah, because I've I had already filed that story and I was working on my five extra points. Okay, and he came up and said, "Hey, you know, Jefferson responded. Uh, call up his Twitter account." Exactly. So I had to, yeah. yeah, these guys, these guys have their Twitter accounts all probably, you know, they're following, and I had to go in and go, you know, Justin Jefferson Twitter, and and saw the response, and then you have to figure out how the how to, you know, it'd be so much easier if players used, you know, uh, PG. Uh, language for for a morning newspaper and uh so you have to kind of fudge all the the the, the words that we can't say in the newspapers uh, so yeah it was uh it was good because uh, i understood jefferson's point uh you know uh reed was probably a little patting himself a little too much on the back as because uh, there was i mean not all the time but they you know whitehead uh, the guy that got flagged for the um rough unnecessary roughness uh and um uh, you know, oh, 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 Reed and um, and Sauce had both had holding penalties on him. That one drive, there were three penalties that were leading to Jefferson, and because they, they were like really trying to get on him, get their hands on him, mm -hmm. rough him up. Um, so yeah, that safety was lingering there for those. Uh, not only the the unnecessary roughness, but the next tackle that was made was a hard tackle on Jefferson. And you know, uh, Jefferson's just a classic example of how you can. Uh, you can kind of keep the lid on him, but um, like he, he played a big role in KJ getting that fourth down uh, pass because uh, you know, Jefferson goes inside and it creates a window where KJ's just got to go out. because Gardner's giving him way too much room. He just goes out, turns around and he gets the ball. So I think teams are, are a little surprised when the, when the, you know, even if they're covering Jefferson, well, that the ball will go elsewhere, you know? Uh, so yeah, it, to me, it's a it's a good example of how a guy can impact a game when he has forty five yards receiving. That route that he ran on the the winning touchdown uh, there was was something else. I mean, he he we had one on one with Reed, and he went out there and he kind of slow rolled it. He slowed down and saw Reed get flat footed, and then zip took a cut to the right, went to the corner of the end zone. And Kirk hit him beautifully. And it wasn't Kirk's first read. I think he looked left maybe to throw somebody off, and boom, he was looking for him. And there was just such a small opening because Reed got back there, not not in time. But it was uh, it, it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, Reed, Reed was in the locker room. He's kind of, he was upset that uh, he wanted to come up and play, you know, wanted to press play press on and that close to the goal line. He wanted to come up and press him. Uh, he was kind of upset that they called, you know, him to be back. And, uh, and then he said he, the, the guy looked like he ran eight different routes, you know, because he was – he guessed inside and, and Jefferson took it outside. Uh, and that was the only play because I was watching, you know, Wood, Wood Sauce Gardner. Uh, and actually, D.J. Reed, as good as Sauce Gardner is, D.J. Reed is probably their, their, their best corner. I mean, they got two exceptional corners, and they just stay – and they play their sides. Uh, but uh, that was the only play where, um, where Reed switched sides, and that's because uh, – it's also, you know, it's good to talk to rookies because I asked Sauce Gardner why was that the only play, and he just he just said said why it was. He said that in the boundary on in the in the red zone, he takes the boundary, the wider side. Um, so that was the only reason that that Reed, you know, is over. You know, 
they're two different corners. Reed is a shorter guy. Sauce Gardner is a, you know, one of the taller, bigger, longer corners you'll see. So I don't know if that had made a difference uh, in, a, in a more of a compact area, but uh, you know, that uh, was a good, real good throw by Kirk. You know, so that's another example of how Kirk made a lot of terrible throws, but you know, when it counted, he had a great throw that won the game. That was Kirk O'Chain's throwing that one. Uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook, uh, 86 yards, not a hugely great day. Uh, a lot of tough yards. You know, there was just not a lot of openings. I know they're playing a tough defense, but the offensive line was was not at their best. They didn't kill the Vikings, but uh, I don't know that it was their 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 best day. I mean, granted, they're missing Derrissaw and. I, I see uh, uh, Brian O'Neill not having his best year either, but the Vikings have played a lot of tough defensive fronts in the past four or five weeks. Yeah, they, they've played uh, – there's a stretch of, I think someone had it, uh, top five defenses, scoring defenses that they've played in uh, in, a, in a row. And so, they, they've, yeah, they've played some good fronts. Yeah, Washington was really good. Dallas is, as, Dallas is as good as it gets, uh, you know, New England. Um, you know, the Jets, the Jets are, uh, the Jets, are, I don't know, you know, this might not be their year, but the Jets are going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the running game, I think you, you had said the running game wasn't all that. I thought it, I thought it was pretty good because yeah. you know, they scored two red zone. They scored a 14, uh, the 14 yard touchdown for Madison, the four yard touchdown. It was good to see, uh, Dalvin cook, get or not get a carry close to the goal line and get in. Um, I was joking with Thielen because uh, Thielen had a really good block on Whitehead uh, for Madison's. It was a, I didn't think I got to look back at it as I was I was doing him and I said, "Is that an example of how it doesn't look pretty? You didn't really do much, but you just got in the way." And he goes, "He goes, oh, I think I did quite a bit on that play." And I said, "Oh yeah, I know you did." You know, so it wasn't like a, a, a blind side where he drove the guy, you know, 40 yards downfield and no, dumped him over a fence. Up feeling a little bit. He stood him but, up, but the feeling but, got him away long enough. But it was, ex- you know, that's, that's an example of how, um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, when you look at the, at the blocking of so the offensive line, I mean, there's so many times, you know, if you will go back and just watch Jefferson, there's a lot of times where Jefferson, you know, I, I would put feeling ahead of him as a blocking, a blocker. Uh, but, you know, Jefferson's given, you know, he's, he does not shy away from blocking. He, uh, you know, there's a lot of times in Randy's career where, you know, Randy didn't, didn't try at all when it came to blocking. Um, and I, he overlooked it because it's like, you know, like Jim Brown, he didn't, uh, he didn't bring Jim Brown into block. Uh, but, you know, I thought Thielen uh, had some good blocks and, and, and Jefferson had some, some good blocks. Quickly on the two guys who, who play football with their feet, Greg Joseph made all his kicks, had a good day. Uh, the team needs him to be back on track, and it's not, it looks like uh, KOC is is doing the right things with him. You know, of course, next week could be a totally different story. And Ryan Wright is is a, a, a weapon for this team. He is, uh, I think he had a 58-yarder on Sunday and uh, kind of almost flips the field by himself sometimes. He, uh, he, he is a weapon to have on this team. So, I mean, it was a nice showing by those guys on special teams. Yeah. And I think the 50, I think making a 50 yarder for, um, and all of his extra points, uh, you know, these guys can talk about how they move on. You know, they, you know, they, they forget the, the most recent kick that that's it's humanly impossible. And I think that he, by him getting a 50 yard, cause he had missed like five in a row from 50, I think. 
Yep. Um, two of them were blocks. So, yeah, I mean, by by virtue of winning and 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 his misses not hurting him, you know, and them not overreacting to it, I guess, um, you know, I probably would have like, oh, you know, we got to bring someone in or whatever. But you know, they they appear to have handled it well, which would be a, another a huge uh, feather in uh, uh, O'Connell's cap to be one of the first Vikings coaches to be able to handle a kicker the right way, I guess, and not be driven crazy by a kicker and express that craziness publicly. Uh, like uh, so many of them, like Tice and Zimmer and, and all these people. Um, well, kickers so, is yeah. the thing, Mark. I mean, you got uh, Greg Zerline, who is, he was forever was great, I think, out in L.A., and he's bounced around, and he's always had a strong leg, and now here he is making – five kicks and one of them for 60 yard. That could have been a 65 yard. I mean, it's gotta be at least up and down. Yeah. It is fascinating to see how many teams he has played for. It's like, every time you look up, it's like, yeah, right. like with the Cowboys, Cowboys, I believe when they were here last year, um, you look at, it's like, you know, it looks pretty good. So I know he's had some injury problems, but uh, right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's another example of, you know, 60 yarder in London, you know, two, two hits off two, two of the three parts of a, an upright and it goes the other way and they, they, they win the game. So um, it's uh, like I said, good, but charmed as well. There you go. Well, well, we'll take that statement and kick it down the road to the next segment and uh, take a break and we'll be right back on the Vikings territory breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown. Myself and Mark Craig, Mark, uh, as you know, I, I, I told you I went to the game on Sunday, sat on the very top row, and you think you could probably see everything up there. And I, I sat behind some Jets fan who had, uh, with the sun streaming in him, half my age, not on blood thinners like I am, yet he's got to have a goddamn stocking hat on his head with a ball on top. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, do I ask him to remove this? Do I, you know... Uh, do I uh, get mad, knock the damn thing off, and then have a rumble here? You know, uh, I did have a pretty That's... good sized lad with me, but uh, um, probably not a good idea. But I, I just, I, you know, I wrote in my story about in my experience of the stadium. I was like, how do you ever, how, how do Packer fans not cause a fight in every game they go to, especially on the road? And there was a Packer fan I saw on TV with a cheese head on. They wear these freaking cheap pieces of plastic cheese in their head. And they, they got to obscure the view behind them. How does that not turn into a fight? It has to. Am I wrong? Uh, well, you know, I've, I've been going to NFL games for uh, my whole life, but professionally since 1991. Uh, and uh, I've seen a few fights. There's been a few fights, Joe. And, uh, <laughs> um, I once had a, I once, uh, you know, back, back, way back in the day, I, I went to Three River Stadium with a Cleveland Browns hat that said um, there were, the first word was started with an F and the other two words were the Steelers. And uh, I had a guy uh, as I was walking through the concourse, take my hat off, but he started at, I think my upper lip and took the rest of my hat and my head off. Uh, there was, then there was like a lot of rolling around and people pushing and punching and stuff. Um, so I, I much prefer uh I much prefer to be like in the press box watching it professionally. Yeah, probably a good Obviously. idea. I, I gotta say though, the, the, 
one of the most annoying fan bases in, in all of sports, and they have uh, the most obnoxious headgear. I mean, they've got to be doing that on purpose. Why would any Packer fan show up at the Vikings? Chat? Oh, no. You, you saying the Packer fans are obnoxious? Yeah, I am. Oh, my gosh. The Packer fans, if you if you walk into Lambeau, they might be the nicest fans in the NFL. Uh, Philadelphia, they'll throw, they'll throw cans of beer at you without opening them. Uh, Green Bay, if you walk through the crowd, I mean, there's there's like you'll probably get offered like three beers on your way, even if you're wearing a Viking stuff. I would think. Uh, so I'm going to Chicago in a few weeks, so we'll see. What I think you're a little, you're being a little, uh, you're not being objective there. Maybe not. Well, uh, another Central Division team, the Lions are suddenly surging, and the Vikings are going to to Detroit next week to to meet them. They are. Still in the hunt for a, 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 a playoff, a wild card spot. Well, they could probably still win the division, but the Vikings win. They clinch the division, but the the uh, uh, the Lions are still got a shot at the wild card, and they've got a very good receiver. They've got a running game that's been pretty good. Jared Goff is starting to play well. They score a lot of points, but they give up a lot of points. What do you see in the Lions? And are, are they going to be too much? Is this, is this the one uh, we aren't predicting yet, but is this, is this the one uh, uh, where, you know, you can, you can get one back on me and the Vikings might uh, kick that one away? Well, I mean, last year at this time when they were going to Detroit, I, I was, you know, I don't have a real good feel for this, what, what this team will do this year. Uh, but last year I remember when the, when the Lions were winless and the Vikings needed to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. I was 100% convinced they were going to lose in Detroit, and they did. Um, this time, you know, I, I think the Lions – 100%? 100%? Oh, yeah. I, I, I picked it. You can go back and look it up. I told Aunt – because Kramer was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's absurd. And I said, no. Nah. I said, are you new here? Have you not watched this team? Are, you know, this is, this is a classic Vikings loss. Uh, but I don't get that sense this, this time, even though – well, you know, Dan Campbell has the Lions. If he doesn't kill them, I guess what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger they in Detroit say. because they are um, they're much more they're they're playing with some confidence. They're they're playing really well offensively. They're you know they're uh, getting better defensively, but they're still getting you know the most points in the league, most yards in the league. Um, you know, it's one of those games. It's it's not a it's not. I mean, as you found out the first game, I mean. You know the Vikings got, again got up to got to a lead and then it became a you know went down to the very end where Cam Dantzler has to you know get a strip uh, on a catch and uh, and seal the win kind of like we've seen on a lot of these games so and you, they definitely don't take them lightly they're not going to catch the Vikings the Vikings are going to you know the Vikings got too big of a lead I think yeah uh, but you know they're five and seven they're ninth place in the division uh, in the conference. Uh, the Giants are, I think, uh, the Giants are six at seven, four, and one. Seattle is seventh at seven and five. Washington is eighth at seven, five, and one. So, yeah, they're right there in that mix. I mean, they're right now as good as Washington and the Giants, um, you know, or Seattle. I mean, Seattle's kind of a, you know, are they going to wake up? I mean, that, that, that bottom of the, whoever's going to play, I mean, when the, uh, Big concern for me, if I was a Vikings fan, when San Francisco was lingering at seven and they still had Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd be like, boy, you don't want to face San Francisco as a seven, but then they got too good and they moved up. Uh, well, now they might move back down because, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is going to be starting against Tom Brady on, on, Mr. on Sunday. 
This guy was Mr. Irrelevant, who's now become the most relevant guy in the NFC playoff picture, I think, because he, you know, he's the quarterback, uh, you know, for the 49ers, who were the, I think, one of the, the, the hottest teams around, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want the Vikings to have to face that defense right out of the gate. I like somebody else to take care take care of them for them because you know Christian McCaffrey, if he's still still in one piece, is is, is going to be heck to deal with. And Debo Samuel's, no matter who is calling the plays, all you have to do is get the ball uh, to the playmaker. So yeah, you, you might want. Although you, you might want this defense to play a, a Brock Purdy though, if he's still around. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Or maybe it'd be Baker Mayfield. Who knows? Oh my goodness! How about that? Your your old guy from uh, Cleveland got waived, and and uh, he's going through the process right now. You think anybody will pick him up? San Francisco. I mean, by, by the time this comes out, maybe it'll be already be, be old, but yeah, San Francisco. Why not? Um, yeah, you, you had a couple notes for me about uh, other teams around the NFC. The the two teams that beat the Vikings uh, keep rolling. The Eagles look. Uh, they they stumbled for a couple of weeks there. They didn't. They got beat and they didn't look so good. But they're 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 kind of back to their winning ways, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. I mean, who 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 would have thought? I mean, most of us, myself included, uh, thinks that he's a Jalen Hurts is a is a he's a placeholder. He's a kind of a bridge, and then you go get your quarterback down the road, and you know you become that Super Bowl contender next year or whatever. I don't know. Um, goes from that to. Wow, I mean, he's the MVP, I think, and uh, we got. Of course, that could change, but I, I think you know they go and they put thirty-five points on Tennessee's defense. Impressive, um, and then the, the Cowboys. You know, obviously, the Colts are um, trying to lose. I mean, you don't hire. I mean, Jeff Saturday might have got fired. I was worried he'd get fired after after they went out and got him, and they won the first game after they got him. It's like, hey, buddy, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, but they've lost three in a row now, and they, they, they had a good first half against the boys, but then they gave up 33 points, 33 to nothing in the, in the fourth quarter. It's only the, it's only the third team in NFL history to, to, to give up 33 points or more in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that surprised me. That, you know, um, I guess I'm fortified by the fact that it is a week-to-week thing. Now, granted, teams, things change in the playoffs you know, and they come down to one game seasons and, and uh, um, you better, you better have your defense playing if, if, if you want to do well, but none of these teams, while they looked good this weekend, you know, Cowboys and Eagles, they're beatable. Um, teams can beat them and depending on what their health is and, and, and where they're at and where you get them, you know, if you can get yeah. them at home, um, it's, it. We don't have to be scared because all we have to do is hang till in there with you know within one score you know and and close them out at the end. Yeah, you've seen that. Rinse, what, rinse. What, what helps the Vikings, I believe, is the fact that they wouldn't, uh, yeah, they wouldn't open with they obviously would not open with either one. Right. So, uh, you know, in the in the perfect world and uh, from from a Vikings standpoint, yeah, you open with a. A Seattle where you know Geno Smith, you know, the clock hits midnight on Geno Smith, and he becomes kind of more what he's been the last eight years as opposed to this year. Um, you know, those are I think I think going against Seattle at home or Washington at home or or uh, you know the Giants. Uh, those are you know, I would you know prefer much prefer that, and then you know 
deal with what you're going to be dealing with. In the, now, obviously, they would, this, this team, I think, would really benefit, uh, any team would, from having a, a bye week. But, you know, yeah. the Eagles have got, you know, they got to keep their foot on the floor to get to catch the Eagles because uh, yeah. you know, they got to beat them by one as, as opposed to just tying them. One of these teams in the NFC South is going to host a playoff game. My goodness. Yeah, and uh, and and but you know, who do you want to play Tom Brady after what we saw? I don't know if you watched. Yes. Uh, but my goodness, I mean that Tom Brady was as was the probably the most frustrated and the most uh, visibly frustrated uh, for three and a half quarters or three and three quarters court quarters, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, he needs you're down sixteen to three or whatever it was. Yeah. And he gets two touchdowns, including that one at the end. Man, it's like you watch that and you're just like, how does this guy not how does this guy not play until he's fifty? I mean they're playing looks, the Saints. He, no, but still he, he looks he, he throws the ball at, Yeah he does. Yep, you're right. He looks like he's in his twenties and he's he just it's it's fun to I mean I know people you love him or you hate him, but I just I just love the fact that he's still playing like that and still my God, he still cares enough to play like that. I mean, yeah. who, no one else – who else could do that? You know, Brett Favre might have been able to play forever, but Brett Favre didn't care enough about football for, you know, except for 16 Sundays a year. I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know. Interesting point. Um, well, uh, given your our discussion just a little bit ago, you're going to probably pick – the Lions this week. You're I, I'm at nine and three, and you're at seven and five. So you got to make up two games. Are you going with the Lions? And are you a hundred percent? I mean, you're going to go with the no. Vikings. And and are you a hundred percent? No, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent on anything. I'm a, okay. Uh, after seeing the you know, like they're missing the Cowboys pick and then missing the Patriots pick, it's like you know I, I I'm glad that we even though I we tied we didn't I didn't make any gain any ground. It was kind of nice to win. The Jets could sort of keep from I think it was. Would have been six and six if I'd have lost that. No, I, I feel that uh, what this team has going. I mean, the Lions can match it in confidence, but I think that what I think the Vikings will go in there and win this game. Uh, but I could be a could be wrong. I mean, you would you would think maybe the home team has the advantage in this situation, but I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with the Vikings on this one. I am too, and the only thing I am sure of it will be a one-score game, one-score victory for the Vikings. Um, I, I have to tell you, I, I I'm now I'm streaming. Uh, I cut the cable, and and I got all these streaming services going on, so you're flooded with all these uh, ideas for Christmas shows. And I know you had always said in the past that you love Christmas vacation, and I uh, all of a sudden saw it there. I said, well, I should give that a watch, and and you said it's a family tradition. And I got to the end of it. I was watching with my son, who's in the film industry, and very, you know, critical of of films when they're not so good and and otherwise. And we we're both scratching our head. Mark, you got to explain to me what am I missing about this movie? That's uh, and I got my I got my 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 Christmas movies that I watch. I mean, I I got to see a Christmas story. I got to see it's one. Yeah, that one. Screw Christmas story doesn't a Christmas story doesn't do anything for me. I think that's the. You know, I, it was, what, it's, it's about being I think, uh, who, it's who, about who started this? The, the radio guy started some radio guy started this whole thing. Uh, Charchian and said, uh, you know, that I uh, didn't get it. And I'm like that, that that's what, you know, if Trump gets kicked off Twitter, you got to get kick people off for, for ripping on uh, Christmas. And then, then you, you chimed in. I sure did. Uh, yeah, I, 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 hey, so, uh, 
you know, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to dignify this with an, with an argument, <laughs> frankly. I do. All I know is that my, my family knows that throughout the year, I mean, the quotes are like, are famous throughout the year. You just, you just use them over and over and over. And maybe it's, I think what it might be is that, because I'm not a native, I could probably offend some people here, but I'm, I'm directing this only at you. Is that maybe the, maybe a Minnesotan is like, you're, you're kind of equally dopey to like Eddie. So you don't get it. Like I suck in the shit out of us. Excuse me. Stuff out of us. Oh, I mean, this is just not oh, Christmas. God, that's the best. Well, they, but they look out the window and he says, Merry Christmas. I mean, well, I have a. Well, going to blow up. You can see it coming a mile no, away. No, no, no. When he says Merry Christmas, the is full. Are we allowed to say that on here? Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas, the the shitter's full. Okay, I'll yeah. say it, whatever. Uh, is like, I, like, we'll go to church and people say Merry Christmas and I, the, 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 the knee jerk reaction, because I'll get nudged by, you know, people, I'll be like, because I'll say Merry Christmas, and I'll go, and it's, so it's like, uh, it's just part. It's part of my life. It's, uh, yeah, you're just. Uh, I feel sorry for you, Joe. Is what I do, you know. Well, Paul Charchian called it painfully unfunny, and you know, I, it wasn't for me. It was confusingly unfunny. I go, what's the deal here? But you know, I, I get it if it's a tradition. Wow. And you it and you and you do it because. I mean, I can't believe you aren't a fan of Christmas Story because that's filmed in Cleveland. Oh, I know, but it always moves so slow, and it's just oh, like, oh. God, it's wonderful. It's, there's so much I can relate to. It's not. It's a little bit older than I my family Christmases, but it wasn't too far off. And you know, I don't know. I, I just love the one. In fact, I, I had, the new one they did this year for Christmas Story. I, it was pretty. Good. I just had my wife the, uh, not too long ago say she hated uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," and I'm like, Lord. Are you not human? If you yeah. you gotta like well, it's a wonderful life. There's there's I saw recently on on Twitter there was and I saw it when it came out was it's the and it, uh, Saturday Night Live did a skit of an alternate ending for It's a Wonderful Life where where they where the guy found the money and and they they busted Potter who had just deposited and so all these guys went from the end where they're sitting around the Christmas tree and ran out of Potter's house and they just beat the hell out of him. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a good idea. Yes, that that would be right up your alley. Uh, you know. All I need well, is Chevy Chase in there doing the punching, right? Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll let it go. I'll, I, you know, I, I did say to Mark, you know, I, I probably need to watch it back again because it's the first, only the first time I saw it. But then I remarked that I'd rather rewatch Forty One Donut, and which just opened up a, a an opportunity for you to give me a shot. So, but well, uh, I said is that, that one was kind of funny too. Yes. So, yes then was. I said, then I said too soon, too soon. I, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> On that note, we'll end it for this week. We'll be back next week after the Vikings take on the, the Detroit Lions noon on Sunday, and we'll be back to to rehash it. I won't be going to that game, but uh, um, I'm sure I'm thinking about it because it, I had a blast at, uh, uh, at the U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend. Wish I'd have been in the press box because it's a lot nicer up there for guys like you, but uh, what the heck. Anyway, Mark, thanks for – Thanks for coming by with your, your insight as usual. Mark Waldem, behind-the-scenes producer, thank you. Thanks to Joe Johnson for putting all this together. And, folks, thanks to you guys for uh, for tuning in. Please keep doing it. So we'll see you next week. And until then, check out A Christmas Story, Scrooge, and uh, with George C. Scott, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You'll, you'll have a wonderful life. Until then, skull.